And once again, it's a favourite part of everyone's week this week at Windsor. Good afternoon, Dr. J. Good afternoon, Arden Beach. How are you? Not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Good week at the link? Always. All right, now what's coming up? Well, we got lots of great things coming up. It's uh, it's mid-March, and that means Easter is on the horizon. Big things happening, starting with actually the week before Easter. Himzar Us is on the 1st of April. The theme is He is Risen. And if you don't know what hymns are us is, I encourage you to come check it out. You might not think that hymns are your jam, but there's something to be said for singing with a full auditorium full of people and hymns are just so powerful. It's a great program, Judy Bolas and the crew. So it's just really going to be a great time. It's also going to be live streamed as well. So that's on the 1st of April. And then after that, Easter. Yeah, but uh, before we get to Easter, so we got Palm Sunday on the 2nd, and then during the week we run, this will be the second year we've done it, Stations of the Cross, which is a guided reflection and meditative time. We encourage people to participate. It's going to be set up here at the church on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of uh, Holy Week. And in that time, you set aside about an hour and you you go sort of from different stations that all follow Jesus on his journey to the cross. And... I got to participate in it last year. It was absolutely fantastic, still reflecting on some of the things there. And it really prepares your heart. If you're one of these people that gets distracted by bunnies and chocolate around Easter time, and you feel like you're, you're sort of disconnected from the whole purpose and meaning of it, then I encourage you to come partake. Maybe even if you don't, if it's not something you normally do, you don't really know what Easter is all about for the Christian. I encourage you to come. This is, this is following the steps of Jesus uh, before the big weekend. Yeah, because I guess like everything, it has become exceedingly commercialized. It's startling, actually, when you when you come to think of it. There's people who are growing up in this generation who have no idea what Christmas is all about, no, have no idea what Easter is all about, and I'm not going to be the guy who says, get off my lawn. <laughs> but but, but it, is, it is a bit sad that uh, some of the, the deeper Christian significance is being commercialized. I think the last thing to add with respect to, to church news is if you're planning to come on Easter, we have a Good Friday service and an Easter service. Good Friday is at 5.30 in the evening, and then Easter Sunday is 9.30 in the morning. And following Easter Sunday, we are having, drum roll please... The Easter Feast. Easter Feast? Yes. Nice. The Easter Feast. So we started this last year. We're doing it again this year. If you want to find out more, you can check out the website on how to sign up. But uh, Good Friday, 5.30 p.m., Easter Sunday, 9.30 in the morning, to be followed by an Easter Feast in the auditorium. That's a big lunch spread that's going to be put on uh, here at WDBC. Awesome. Well, I'm going to cut in and just say I know you've probably got heaps more church stuff to talk about, but we have got an incredible guest coming up. Well, we are so privileged this afternoon, Arden, to be joined by Yubi. Yubi Tuare, it's great to have you here. Uh, Yubi, we're going to be hearing a bit about your story. I guess your name kind of gives it away, but where are you from originally? I'm from Nepal, the country full of Mount Everest and mountains, the top best country, I would say. Best <laughs> country week. in the world. Yes, <laughs> highest country in the world. <laughs> there you go. How long have you been in Australia, Yubi? I came here in 2008. So when I came in 2008, this is me. 17 and a half years old, turning just 18. Just after my birthday, I decided to come to Australia to study, of course, coming from a country which is super cold, winter and December time here. I did not know. I have no research about Australia, nothing. So I just came with my minus thermal jacket, massive one, got out of the plane. <laughs> what Roasted. is this place? <laughs> that was how I felt. thousand degrees. <laughs> 
So uh, you came in 2008. Uh, you're originally from Nepal. Tell yep. us uh, what brought you here to this country. Because I was young and I was from a Christian family. My dad was a pastor there and my living in a family, Christian family. I decided to be extraordinary by taking part in this um, Nepal idol. So I became top five in Nepal Idol, so I was sort of celebrity there. Nepal so. Idol? Yep. <laughs> Damn. Wow. <laughs> so I became a celebrity there, so everyone used to come around, and people knew who I was when I was walking. I was just a 16, 17-years-old guy singing, and then all the church youth leaders used to say, hey, you want to sing in the church? And then I was like, I'll get money if I sing out, but in church, not really. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was my thought, because I used to go to concerts, they used to take me flight tickets and everything was sorted out. Being a young guy who's getting paid for traveling and all things, I was going there. My dad was like, oh, you're not studying, are you? <laughs> you're not focusing what's in your study, but you're just singing, going different cities and cities. And for my age, I'm earning like to equivalent with Australian time. Like I was earning around weekly $10,000 sort of Australian, like not saying that much amount of money. Wow. But that's how I was living my life with a young guy who doesn't need money. And then church was going far, far for me mm. where music was going full on. And my dad is like, nope, you're going to Australia to study. And I just say, all right. <laughs> Can I just say we had no idea he was going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nepalese idol, man. Wow. Um, Anyway, while we geek out over Idol. Um, so here you are. You're getting lots of money from being a celebrity in Nepal. Yep. Your dad, who's a pastor, says, eh, something's not right about this. Yeah. Go to Australia. Study. Yeah, he gave me an option first. He said to me, whether you're a different city away from everything and focus on your study. And actually, I said, my mates are going to Australia for study, so... Is it okay? And he said, yeah, you go there too. And that was like sort of, I showed him, hey, I want to go there. And he said, yes, go for it. Because he wanted me to be away from Nepal. Because when I go to Australia, I'll be nobody here. That's what he wanted me to be, a nobody and focus on my study. Yeah. I heard your dad has a bit of an interesting conversion story. Would you mind sharing a bit of his background before, before we continue with your story? Yeah, sure. So my dad's name was Gokul Tiwari. His name was Gokul Tiwari. So he was from a high priest family, Hindu priest. In Nepal, most of the people are Hindu or Buddhist. We have caste system in Nepal, so a higher level. So my surname is a higher level caste. So if there's a lower level caste, they don't allow you to come inside their house. You can't. So if you're a lower level caste and you give me offer me water, I'm not allowed to drink that water. That means mm. impurity. That yeah. thing still works in Nepal. He was um, a priest's son and he was a priest himself, a Hindu priest doing the worshipping things. So that was him. And then he had a group of, when he was youth, like I'm talking 18 years old, he had a group of friends who, was, um, who were anti-Christ. They didn't like anyone who were Christian at all. So Emma, this is my mother... My mother's side, grandmother, she was the first believers in Pokhara City. So they were um, the first believers. And then she decided to give her own land to make the church. So they uh, they create, they had this church called Bagbazar Church. So they had this church and she was full on. She was out and about going to places to tell about Jesus and everything. This was my grandfather and grandmother from my mum's side. And here was my dad who didn't like about it. So he decided to grab one day her hair. My <laughs> my dad decided to grab my mum's 
so technically mother-in-law, future mother-in-law hair, grabbed her hair, took her down to the temple and made her go around 10 times around the temple Whoa. in front of everyone. That was my dad. My dad decided to go with his group of friends to hit the pastor of the church during the service time because he didn't like the music being played, singing and everything. So he decided to take the stone in front of the church service. Is He's with his hand with the stone. He's about to hit the church people. And then he stopped. He heard this sound um, from the church sound. He felt like, all right. This guy's talking about Bible at the same time. Like he's talking some some sort of word within the Bible and then he decided to hang on a minute. Why am I hitting them? He just stopped. He dropped that um, stone and he went back to a Bible store, bought himself, a person who doesn't like <laughs> Christian Jesus, went to a shop to know about what's this Bible about. Because he, he used to love reading. My dad used to study a lot. So he decided, how about I find out something for them and take revenge with them with the God of word. Because he's like, I don't know about this Bible, but if I know something and I find something wrong in it, I'm going to go and hunt them. That was his main target. He started reading that Bible and he couldn't get, like he was reading from the Genesis part. And then he got so confused because there was like this one's son, that son, his son, that son, that grandfather. There's so many going on. So he did not like what's going on. Is this all about Bible talking about their son, this son, his son. Mm. And then, there was this um, missionary from UK, his name was Robert Bicham. Um, yep. So he used to be a school um, in a university. He used to be an English teacher um, and philosophy te- teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I think, yeah. And then my dad decided to, I'll go with this man because he, he's, of course, I know he's Christian. So I asked him because he knows about this. So he... He learned about it and then my dad became Christian through it and he ended up being going to Switzerland to study, wow. Amsterdam and all those places, all the Bible college. And he decided to open up later down the track, he decided to open up his own Bible college in Nepal the first time because there was no Bible college in Nepal. So he decided to open his own and then that's how he became a Christian and pastor and that is a story. <laughs> what a fascinating story. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way, Arden? Sometimes the people who seem most resistant yeah. turn out to be the ones that God says, yep, I can yeah. use it. I'll, yeah. I'll make you drop that rock. Yeah. Like, I never get bored with this story because my dad has passed away now. Mm. Um, but again, I always talk about how that thing and that thing always motivates me. And also, I believe most of the people also um, tells how worse was your dad being anti-Christian and how good was your dad being a Christian? That's how they tell. So, yeah. yeah very passionate man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very. So but you came over to Australia to study. Yeah. How did that move from study into you're now in the army? When I started studying, again, going back to Nepal, it's not a rich country. Well, we're talking monthly income for a person, say, suppose a teacher is about $200 a month. Still, I'm talking currently as well. Wow. So that money still is good enough in Nepal, but not good enough here. Mm-hmm. So when I came here to study, my dad gave me the finance of studying here for the first year. And he just, he told me like, look, I can't help you financially, but you got to work yourself as well and then do your rest of it. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that as well. So I was studying accounting. I was working in a 
bar as a bartender. There's another story to it. <laughs> I was working as a bartender. And while I was working as a bartender, I had my uni fee due already. And then a letter came to me for, and then said, I read the letter said, you, ne- you owe $2,500 that time for uni semester time. And I said, I don't have that much money now. What should I do? And I was just thinking what to do. And I called my dad. Hey, dad, do you mind if you send me about $2,500 because I'm, I'm broke. And I was just stressed. And I said to my dad, hey, dad, <laughs> I need finance. And my dad just gave me a plain reply. If my teeth costs, if my teeth is worth that $2,500, take my, all my teeth. That was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> my dad said that. I was like, oh, that's how I felt. Mm. And I told my mom as well. And mom said, look, or the only thing I could do is pray. And my dad also said, we could pray, but we're financially not strong enough to send you right now within two days. Closed the phone conversation was enough. And then I went to my room and I d- looked that up and I said, God, why did I, why was I born in a poor family? That's, that was my <laughs> answer. Like, why? There's so many rich people. Or maybe I was born, why I was not born in a country where these things, it's not mm. a big issue. And then I went back to my work at King Cross Empire Hotel. I was working there. When I was working there at night time, um, it was a club. So I was working as a bartender making drinks. Um, this guy runs. Uh, this guy come running through me and chucks away a bag. And I, I'm scared because I don't know. This guy is chucking me in a bar club. I'll, I'm making a drink and then he's throwing it away. So I decided to grab the bag and I just chucked it over in the corner of the bar because I have no whatsoever. I don't want to deal with this. Um, then the cops comes around and then they took that guy away. And I'm like thinking, what is that? What was that? Like I have no idea because everything is new for me. This is new. It's only been, what, a year for me in Australia? Mm-hmm. After the bar was finished, I told my manager, hey, manager, just to give you a heads up, there's this bag, that guy who got caught this last, like during the night time, it's his bag. What should we do? Do we hand it over to the police? And he goes, have a look in the bag. But it's not mine. He goes, have a look in the bag. And I was like, sure. <laughs> I opened it up. There's a pile of money, rolled money. <laughs> like, and I showed to my manager, there's a pile of rolled money, like, I'm talking $100 here, um, rolled money. And he goes, what else? There's a powder. (laughs) And I'm like, what's that powder? Because I have never, I didn't know what was that powder. And then I said, we should call, because there there was his ID. And I said, we should call and hand it over, because I'm thinking being a nice guy. Mm. Um, And he goes, no, this guy was truly not nice. Look, he got caught and this is drugs. Do you really think? And then I'm like, Okay, I just kept quiet for a little while. He just told me, take the money, go home. And I'm like, but it's not mine. And now it's yours because you found it. It's yours. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I got, all right, I'll take that money. What about you? Do you want to have half of it? <laughs> I'm being like, <laughs> if I get in trouble, you two get in trouble. That's, That's how I'm right. thinking. So give me half of it. And he goes, no, 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 you have it. And I had it. And then he took the other bag. I don't know what he did with that bag. Maybe he became rich with that bag. <laughs> no idea. But I took that money and I'm, I'm, this is five in the morning coming from King Cross old, you know, remember the old trains where it was, the doors used to be open. There was no aircon, like the metal ones. I was sitting in the door with money inside here. I'm too scared. I'm putting inside my <laughs> chest, hiding it that way, going, if I lose this money, I'm out. And I'm thinking, what if the dog comes? 
like you know they're smelling dogs oh, and the no. drugs and I'll get in trouble I'm thinking I don't know all if they have things. those on the train <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> so I just went um I was just so nervous and then when I went home back I found 5000 over five thousand dollars in that, and then I called my mum and dad, and my mu- dad said, "My mum and dad said we both had a, uh, we both prayed fasting prayer for the whole night. We did prayer. We didn't eat anything. We were praying for you, like God gives some way." And I said, "I think." And my mum said, "Well, that was not a good money, but still, God gave you the way." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yeah," and I paid for my uni fee, and I had extra money. I was like, "Yay." That's the way. <laughs> I'd like to see Jonathan unpack. Uh, yeah, God uses drug dealers in, in a sermon coming up. <laughs> so oh, yeah, man. that was my. I went to and a pulpit near you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I started studying, and I finished my study during that time. And then um, I said to myself, something: if you have heard about that or not, like most of the Nepalese um, guys are interested in british army the gurkhas have you heard about the gurkhas yep okay so the gurkhas are like the they're the one um we're not afraid <laughs> that's what they say for the nepalese financials are not great so um if you are the age of 18 to 21 you could apply for british army and be a british citizen in nepal so you can join british army in nepal and then live in britain uk for the rest of your life if you want that's an option for that so most of the y- young boys after their HSC sort of thing, they all go for that because they want to see a better future. Because in Nepal, if you become a doctor as well, what are you going to earn? Monthly income will be a thousand dollars. Do you? Wow. That that's not going to support. So the price is at the inflation is going crazy there as well, but the pay is still the same. So yeah, mm. for me, British Army was always there. I wanted to be there, but again, due to my celebrated part of the life, I came out from that. I couldn't do that. But uh, deep down, I always thought that I want to be army regardless. I had my accounting background, everything, but no, I think I belong in army. That's always our thought. So, yeah, I am. From Nepalese Idol to the army. Yes. <laughs> I've heard one story like that. I've heard terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you talked, you talked, UB, about how spiritually you weren't on fire when you came here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what was that journey of a spiritual awakening for you um so um for me how things changed was um this is during our marriage time um i was super young and then um there was this tibetan girl in nepal and then and that's my wife <laughs> so she was spoiler alert yeah <laughs> she was more deep down in christian than me myself because she had the struggles she had, because um, her whole family is a Buddhist monk, mm. and she was the only believer within that because she grew up in this missionary home, and she knew God from that. So we, when we both got together, we started being, like, stronger. I would say my wife was the turning point for me to be closer to God, and then when we had our um, child at 22 years old, uh, Keto, my son, when we had 22. I think everyone knows a Keto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a WDBC celebrity. <laughs> Runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> so when he was born, the day my son was born, the next day my mother-in-law passed away. Um, it was a bit of tragedy. So that point when I realized it was just what to do, what not to do. I was We both were 22 there's a child born here. She can't go and travel. She, Her mother was in Nepal. 
and there um she had tuberculosis so there's no way we can be close because of the disease it is not the best disease to be close to so um there was a separation we had a hard time and then i we this thing made us really strong was like god always has a plan backup plan for us because when her mother passed away we had something to look which was our son there was massive sadness but there was also a joy within ourselves mm-hmm. and then i kept uh, we both focused on our son because he was a firstborn child and then we loved and then that just made us forget our grief and then we were focused and then we we never blamed god for that part 9 months i'd say 9 months after that my dad passed away in 2013 and then that was again another very heavy thing for me because i'm my dad haven't met my child yet my son so oh, we just um we were just going through wow what what are we going to do um and then i just said to myself i started blaming god again this time i said first time i understand you took my mother-in-law it was disease but my dad who just came back from a service he just came back from a service and then he was returning home and he had a heart attack and he died in the on the street and taking to hospital he was pronounced dead i sat down in a room and i cried within myself and i told my wife i don't believe in god anymore cuz why is god doing this and then i just sat down and then i slept and i, I was sleeping i remember that day too i was sleeping and then while i was sleeping i just thought why and then i remember um from nowhere i got this answer myself without even asking think about god like god lost his son as well so who are you to ask him that's how it hit me yeah I, that's right god had all his powers and everything to make jesus not be killed but that was part of god's plan and i said this is god's plan he was in then i realized my dad was having issues with eyes and everything i later found out and i said to him myself he has done enough mm. he's done all the harv like he has done all the growing like thrown away the seeds in the ground mm. now it's time to it will be our turn to do the rest with the christian part and that's how i said all right I would definitely want to do something. So, does that what led you to do this trek? You told me the other day that uh, you went over to Nepal. I think it was for one month. It turned into eight months. Yes. And and in the process of this, you ended up leading a trek. Is that is yes. that fair to say? <laughs> What's the story with the trek? So, in 2016, I injured myself. I had my twisted ankle, and then found out I broke my leg. And that was uh, defense gave me an option where they stay on a rehab. with an army barracks away from family for 8 months to a year or do you want to get out of army fix yourself and come back whenever you're ready and i said second option sounds good cuz i don't want to be away from my family <laughs> uh and i decided on 2016 i'll go to nepal and when i decided to go i said to my my wife was not happy with it she's like i have not been working for 4 years focusing on child This is the very time I want to work now and you telling me to go to Nepal and I said, "Well, only for a month. How about that?" And she goes, <laughs> "Only for a month because I'm thinking in my head, I know I'm not staying there for a month. It will be more than that." <laughs> Dirty dog. <laughs> so I decided to myself and then we packed everything and kept it in the garage of one of our friend and we moved. We went there for a month and then when I looked at the church, I saw I saw these people and then the youth We're still the same youth that I left when I was 
19. I'm here, I'm 25, 26 years old. Mm. And the same people were leading the youth. Um, not It's not a bad thing, but still all the teenagers were there doing nothing. Like they were coming to church, they would have a teenage service a little for one hour and then they would just vanish. And I said, um, what's next? Once this all youth like goes away somewhere, get married or happen something, what's next? The church is going to be empty. Um, that's how I started thinking. And I'm out of nowhere. I said to the church pastor, I call him uncle because he was really close to my dad. I said, hey, uncle, um, do you mind if I take one week Sunday school? And he goes, yeah, sure. And I took a Sunday school and then the Sunday school teacher is like, hey, we're doing some camp. You want to get involved with it? Sure, when is it? Next month. And I call my wife, hey, we're doing youth next month. So I can't <laughs> go to Nepal, um, Australia. Do you mind staying? And she's like, she believes in God as well. So she's like, she can't say no to God. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> deep down, yes. With the finance part, I had not much that money. Whatever we had, we had, that's it. And then I asked my sister who's in America, I asked, hey, can you support us financially as well in case we need it? Needed another drug dealer to come by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I had a chat with the youth and you decide, all right, um, we'll let them practice music. And I said, yeah, that's what they want. Teach them. And how about every month, once once a month, teenage leads the whole church. I want to see that. And I'll be the choir leader at that time. And then my wife goes, what do you mean? Because you're leaving. We're leaving. <laughs> we're leaving. And I said, <laughs> Another trick. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving. And then I think I should stay. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> this is my wife. We did a lot of things within the middle time. We decided to go on Easter. We decided to do dance. Like I know how to dance. It's more cultural dance, not like the modern dance, more the Nepalese cultural dance. So I decided, all right, we're going to hire a massive amount of clothes the fund is from me. Uh, I will sponsor you guys all. And they go, okay. So we had around 60 youth and teenagers go in different areas, sing, dance, talk about God, come around. Because when you dance and sing, because in Nepal you're not allowed to preach openly about God. You can't change. But hey, if you dance and sing and talk a little about God, there's always a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> One of the my dad's friends said, this will be so awesome if you could go down a mountain close to the base, Annapurna base camp area and do it. And I'm not like, uncle, that's so far. Because <laughs> there's a f- there few, I think two or three believers there and then not much people knows about God there. Have you how, thought about that? How far away was this from where you were? We in the city, in the base camp, is, we're talking about 6,000 feet. This Annapurna base camp, second, yeah. uh, third highest mountain. sort yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, uncle, that's too much. And he goes, you are army. <laughs> you can't pull that on me. That's, yeah. I mean, it's true. So I said, Uncle, how about you go? And he's like, how about you and me go? And I'm, he goes, I'm 68. <laughs> <laughs> People asked, who is willing to go with me to base camp, around the base camp to do a service? Um, and we'll be staying there for three days. And then there was more than... <laughs> hundred people who raised their hand because <laughs> wow. they were excited. Uh, and I'm talking from 13 years old to 60 plus years old are talking and they're raising hand and I'm like, these guys don't know what's what's coming next because it's <laughs> not a joke. It's not like going to a Woolies or yeah. Colds. It's hike, cold, snow. Wow. How many days hike was it? 
two days hike. You need to do two days, not non-stop, but two days for for Australian. For you guys, it will be four days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, four days. You need to do four days. For us, two days. But Just stab us in the back, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. Because you need to have our high altitude and also climatize yourself. For us, it would just, okay, we'll do it. And then I bought around 20 kilos of chicken. I'm thinking army here. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought fruits, oats, biscuit. Like from there, this is all the Anjak Day thing I'm thinking here. We're going in a war here. <laughs> so i got to prepare because then I, I saw protein there. I saw carbs there. I saw nuts. So I deep fried 20 kilos of chicken, more like a chicken jerky kind of thing. And I packed it in a small plastic bag. I had around 62 people with me. And what happened when you got there? Okay, so pretty much when we took everything with us and we went there, six in the morning we started doing that walk and we were supposed to be there. In two days was our hike, but we finished that within that night at 1 a.m. Wow. We were still walking at 1 a.m. at night. Well, you really picked the good ones. You'll be surprised with the pictures that I have. Trail is like a goat trail. So if you drop down, you're dead, you're gone. You would never be able to grab the body away. And then we prayed we went with, with that way and I have 12 years old kids and now I think about my son. That parents trusted me so much. <laughs> That's how I thought about Jeez, They could trust me. There was this little church which was like a, you know, you have seen the Jesus, um, how Jesus was born in a cow shed. It was exactly the same similar church hmm. in a mountain area. And then the church pastor was there. He was welcoming and he had cactus soup for dinner <laughs> for us. <laughs> And all of us are city people, so we don't know what's a cactus soup like. And then, and he goes, for your mains we have potato, and for your <laughs> to rid, get rid of the cold we have cactus soup. And everyone's like, yeah, we're keen for it. We're hungry. We need something warm because it was snowing as well. Of course it was. <laughs> and we all sat down there, and we had this shade. We're sleeping on that shade, and then we have haze in the ground. That was our floor mat hay, yep. and then. We always lay down, exhausted, and there's no lights. Only the light we had was a torchlight off my head because there's no lights up there. But next morning when we wake, wake up, we saw all the mountain and everything. And then mm. next morning we dressed up and we did our dances and everything, showed all, and then all the villagers started coming around. And then it was just amazing. We felt so blessed because there were people, they said that, um, the pastor said, no single Christian has ever came around here to talk about God. So not much people know about Jesus at all. And then you guys came here with all these kids to a 60-plus-year-old man and doing this is just great. And then when we returned, we were like, we didn't complain. No one complained about it. It was just everyone loved it and everything was perfect. Nothing was wrong. There was, And then I said, thank God. And then we came back to church and we shared how we went. I was so blessed like I know people knew about God there and then but I was super blessed myself as well and then that's that's how it made me motivated like I need to do more for the church and then I came to Australia and my wife is like all right that's enough wrap up time at 8 months we got to go 8 months happened I came back to Australia I was in army and I said I want to go back to church again like I want to go do that thing again but this time I want to thank those 62 people um by taking them to I w- I took them to the worst place the riskier place, I want to take them to the most luxurious place to say thank you because uh, I have finance now to help them and support them. So I decided to go back in 2018 with good finance. And then I said, 
we will do a two-day stay in a five-star hotel. I made all of those kids who are now teenagers and youth and everything to all those 62. I did all buffet for them and everything. I sorted out and said, I want to thank you because I was not able to thank you that time because I didn't have much finance, but this is my payback for thank you for that because you guys trusted me and did the gospel with me. So I'm just, I want to thank you. And then we did that. And then they're the youth leaders now and doing great. Um, they're going places now without now. They're recently, I just called two, I think three days ago, all the youth are doing a football tournament. So all the youth Nepalese Christian youth are playing a football tournament and football is like a massive, not soccer, we say it's soccer here, <laughs> but they're doing a massive soccer, Christian soccer. So that way they will do it in an open ground so all the non-Christian can get involved and talk about, they will be talking about, they will have on their shirt about Jesus and everything so they can see. So, What a story. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amazing. We're so, so grateful that you could uh, come and share, yeah. share with us and uh, I hope, I hope people at Windsor, when they see you, they'll come up to you. And this is this is why you know. Sometimes people they they see someone new at church, they don't go up and they don't talk to them. Mm, yeah, yeah. like look what you're missing. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. how many opportunities have we missed? How many people have we not valued? You know, just in passing or whatever, not taking the time to get to know someone. Yeah. And everyone has an amazing. I mean, they might not be Nepalese Idol, but <laughs> you know, everyone has an amazing story to tell. Definitely, yeah. Well, I don't think we can let you go, Yubi, without you just singing something for us. Can you just, like, just, <laughs> it can be Nepalese. It doesn't even have to be in English. But just give us, like, give us, like, three bars, four bars of something. Yeah, I was singing a Nepalese Christian song because this was a, something that really touched me. Is it My Jesus, My Savior in English? My yeah. Jesus. Shout to the yeah. Lord. Yeah. yeah. I sing that much. <laughs> Love it. It's amazing. That's so good. What a blessing. Thank you so much, Yubi. Uh, give uh, give our love to Akito and to Tenzin. And sure. Yeah, we're really glad you could be here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for coming. It was awesome. Thank you for having me as well. <laughs> well, that was an amazing catch up with Yubi. And I don't think we saw like, I don't know, 80% of what was coming. Like that was incredible. No, no. I mean, everything from... Hair pulling and throwing rocks and drug uh, dealers, drug, drug Nepalese dealers. idol, Nepalese idol. Amazing. Did you ever get tempted to go on to a talent quest show like that, Arden? What would my talent be? Oh, well. wearing, wearing Star Wars t shirts. That's not a thing. <laughs> Some people, though, they like to just go to be in and amongst it. And I could see you as somebody who wants to get amongst it. Uh, like a roadie, <laughs> just hanging on. <laughs> is, that what, is that what a dag is? Yeah. <laughs> So you admit it, you're a dad. In all senses of the word. <laughs> no, what it was so so grateful to have you be and just hope everybody was blessed. I, I think one of the things that I'm gonna take away was um two well two really his dad, his dad saying, you know what? The goal in life is not to be a celebrity. Mm. How many of us would stop our children who are a celebrity and say, No, nope, life's more than this? And the second thing what for me was his desire to go back with those kids and say, Thank you. I want to thank you and bless you 
62, leading a trek, sharing the good news. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I would encourage anyone who's listening to go and catch up with Yubi when you see him at church and anyone else that you haven't had a chat to because everyone does have an amazing story. Well, it's been good catching up for another week. Thanks, Dr. J. Thank you. We will do it all again in a week's time.